So in dozens of states, medical marijuana is leaving its mark on public health and on state and local tax collections. Adventurous states have lit the fuse by legalizing recreational marijuana. In Kansas, not so fast. It's still not legal, despite movement in Missouri, Oklahoma, and Colorado to legalize medicinal cannabis. With us is State Representative Gail Finney of Wichita and State Senator David Haley of Kansas City, Kansas, two lawmakers with years invested in this issue. I'm Tim Carpenter, your host, and together we're going to cut through some of the the smoke about marijuana. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having us. Thank Thank you, you. So, Senator Haley, why don't you start? I think you're the attorney in our group here. Uh, So, let's just start with the foundation of current Kansas law. There's no recreational and there's no municipal marijuana. Are there other elements of this that have been legalized over the last few years? Well, if you look at things that, as far as I'm concerned, really shouldn't count, that being uh, CBD oil and uh, even hemp, these are areas uh, concerning themselves with what has a level of THC content uh, in, in whatever product it might be that have found eventual favor with the Kansas legislature and are now legal. In terms of having the access to uh, THC, uh, to marijuana for medicinal or certainly for even recreational purposes. We have no law. And the concerns that many of us have is there's been law enforcement for those who legally uh, possess and consume marijuana, having gotten a prescription or even a tax stamp uh, on legal marijuana from another state like Colorado or another surrounding state. Yeah, so as as the law stands now, you're not supposed to go legally buy things in other states like Colorado and bring it back into Kansas and consume it. I, I believe the Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt said he would arrest you. Uh, so why don't we, we'll go around our little Zoom group here. And Representative Finney, uh, why don't you start with your vision? What would you like to see in terms of reform of Kansas law uh, regarding marijuana? Well, of course, I would love to see medical marijuana um, legalized in Kansas. That's something that I've been advocating for since 2009 when I introduced my first bill uh, for medical marijuana. Um, From there, I would think it would be to our benefit to even look at legalizing recreational marijuana. I would love to see that. But in the meantime, we we did recently get uh, Claire and Lola's law, uh, Senate Bill 28, I think that was last year or 2019, whereas, you know, it's kind of like a defense, but you could still be arrested and it would kind of stop DCF from taking children out the home. So we've been having a lot of baby steps along the way to increase, you know, also like with hemp. So one of the things I would like to put on the record uh, since starting this, this adventure of trying to get medical marijuana in Kansas, we have come a long way as far as like acceptance by the state particularly citizens that support it. I remember when I first introduced the first bill in 2009, I even had my mother-in-law was like, oh, she was just so disgusted in me. She couldn't (laughs) believe that I would do something like that. (laughs) And I had people emailing me like, have I lost my mind on thinking? And then uh, representative, our our current secretary of state, he's like, oh, Rep. Fitty just want to 
get high and eat, and eat chips, you know, so it was kind of nice. like a joke. <laughs> it was a joke to a lot of people. But at the same time, I think it has transformed and it has progressed positively in the fact that at least we have more Kansans, much more aware, much more educated and informed about the issue and much more supportive. So if you look at it like that, it's taken a long time. But at the same time, I think our citizens are much more supportive and I think they are, are ready to see change in Kansas. And particularly with the landscape now with COVID going on and we're having a, a budget deficit, you know, estimated over a billion dollars in the upcoming legislative sessions. I think it's time for us to actually look at potential uh, revenue sources. And I think marijuana will be able to, to be, a, you know, real helpful in that respect. Uh, particularly since all the other states around us Colorado, Oklahoma, uh, even Nebraska, I heard, you know, they're looking at uh, maybe putting it on the ballot by the time we get back to the legislature. Right. And uh, so all these states are around us have already implemented medical marijuana or, you know, about to do it with Nebraska. And so we're at the tail end as usual. And, you know, it's time that we acknowledge that some of our citizens are actually using medical marijuana even though they may have to travel to another state to get it, but we're actually using it and we're losing out on the revenue that could be potentially beneficial to our budget right now. So uh, there's some positives and we have a long way to go. And I just think that we need to get with the modern times. Yeah, you would think this would be a, an issue that conservatives would actually embrace uh, because it's personal choice and individual liberty. You know, it's the conservatives have made the argument that you shouldn't have to wear a mask during COVID simply because it's a liberty issue. Well, what about inhaling something through your mouth? Uh, uh, perhaps, perhaps that's a liberty issue as well. Senator Haley, why don't you take a crack at, at how you would drive Kansas public policy in terms of marijuana reform? Well, and as uh, Representative Finney was saying, it's been a long road. And so I, I, uh, her courage when she introduced the first medical marijuana bill in Kansas, um, and then she dropped it. Now I understand why from this, uh, from this discussion, I, I wondered why she didn't take it up in subsequent years. So I picked it up in the next year. And just like she went through, I went through the, what are you smoking, Haley? Determined. And so for 10 years, I did the only... Uh, solo bill on the Senate side, and I don't think there were any more on the on the House side that I don't know, Representative Finney didn't pick it back up for a while. And then uh, Representative Wilson, uh, John Wilson on the House side did. But there have not been many incarnations that could take best practices to hone my bill and her bill and, 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 and his bill, John Wilson's, and now um, Senator Tom Holland's. There should have been, I feel, the evolution of what best practices from other states that get uh, licensing, regulation, the degree of uh, THC, what each of them. I don't know if anyone who's ever been to a, um, a shop, a dispensary in one of the states could attest. It really is done in a professional and well-regulated manner. And right now, um, as was mentioned, there are people who are using marijuana. Uh, to um, to uh, for a long time for an array of of illnesses. My mother passed two years ago uh, from cancer uh, this week. Two years ago this week, 
uh, next week, as a, as a matter of fact. And her oncologist in Maryland said that she should be um, ingesting marijuana. We were in Maryland, and similar to what Representative Finney was just saying, my mother turned and looked at me after she'd been saying for years, what's wrong with you, my former assistant prosecutor's son, in bringing this, uh, this uh, you know, part of the whole reefer madness uh, that we've been taught as a society. Why are you doing this? And she looked at me, and that was the most redeeming feature, Tim, really, to have her look at me and say, my son uh, gets it. He's right. My oncologist, this, uh, uh, this uh, you know, New York trained oncologist says marijuana does have medicinal benefits to ease the pain of cancer patients without the side effects. Mm-hmm. So the evolution from the many states and the best practices should be incorporated in a bill that will find wide range of support. I'm hearing from a conservative organization that's come up, uh, Freedom Peace Initiative. I spoke with their director, a gentleman named Corkins, uh, you know, uh, uh, and he has said that he's supporting. Of course, there have been some representatives, um, including conservative ones, like I understand, uh, I don't probably shouldn't put their names on, they're all up for election, but let them have their own um, their own opportunity to do that. But there will be across the board. The one other aspect you left out um, is the main one, Tim, ag. We are an agricultural state. And the black market now for a superior crop, which is still grown in Kansas of marijuana, that's not being taxed or regulated, is still, from what I understand, one of the highlights of um, quality marijuana for this region, many places where it can be sold legally. So I I just hope that we're able to um, benefit as well we should from regulating, from taxing, and from assessing the quality of a superior product that can have a wide array from medicinal to pure recreational uh, benefits Mm -hmm. for our constituencies. I think Governor Laura Kelly has multiple times indicated that she would support a medicinal marijuana cannabis uh, law, she would sign it, sign a bill on the law. Why do you think there's a political evolution? There, as you say, Senator, there's Republicans and Democrats, conservatives, moderates, liberals, that are talking about this. So, do you think it's just the the weight of the majority of the states moving in this direction that Kansas is following along, or is there something else going on in society? Anybody? I think that's what it is. We it's we're keeping up with, or having to keep up with. Uh, what is now what two thirds of the population of our country that has access to it. And we don't want, if we're trying to really grow our, our economy and our population, if we want to make sure we keep our four congressional members after the next census, if not indeed this one, we've got to find a way to um, maintain our population. And people don't want to go to a state where there are fewer options for what is becoming increasingly mainstream. And the majority of the population in the United States today in 2020 has access to medicinal marijuana and a vast array of that same population for pure recreational purposes, including the District of Columbia. Mm-hmm. Well, Representative Finney, when I think about this, I, I this change coming about, there's probably law enforcement officers that have spent the last quarter century of their lives, putting people in jail for six months or up to three and a half years even uh, for possession. And so that change for them must be a bitter, bitter pill to, to swallow, I would think. Um, 
But on the other hand, Colorado hasn't turned into just a chaotic state where people are running through the streets uh, all high on marijuana either. Can you can you empathize at all with the law enforcement community's view of this? I think it's, you know, this is going to be a radical change for them. As a matter of fact, our sheriff, I was reading recently where he's, he's always making the statement that, you know, people, they just want to get high. And I completely disagree with that. I think it's more to it than that. Uh, I think people want to be able to be in a society where they don't feel like they have to be reprimanded or arrested, incarcerated for something as minor as possession of marijuana. And also, uh, I'm sure you are familiar with that civil asset forfeiture. Mm-hmm. Uh, from mer- medical marijuana to marijuana, after I started researching into that and finding out some of the people that were getting pulled over, some of them were being pulled over for, you know, they were saying that they, uh, the law enforcement would say that they smelled marijuana or they thought they had possession of it. I mean, those type of excuses. And then they were taking, I should say, well, yeah, taking their property mm-hmm. <laughs> and seizing it. And so that led me into the civil asset forfeiture, but it's still connected to a lot of it to possession of marijuana. A lot of the people that I have talked to that have had cases of civil asset forfeiture, particularly with our uh, highway patrol, uh, a lot of them have been accused of, you know, having marijuana where they may have said they smelled it. Uh, I can think of a case that is going on right now where someone that was traveling through Kansas and, and law enforcement took, I think, upwards of 20 plus thousand dollars. And they said they smelled marijuana, but they weren't able to find it with a dog sniffing or found it on any money. So it was an excuse. But getting back to I think it's going to be uh, it's going to hit them in the pocket. Quite right. And so you're talking about civil asset fortress. It's, it's millions of dollars a year in Kansas yes, law enforcement it is. That, it is. that is seized vehicles and whatever are seized. At, and at, a lot of it goes back to possession. A lot of times it goes back to possession of marijuana that they're accused of. However, they're generally not, uh, arrested mm-hmm. or charged. So these law enforcement agencies take those assets and go buy patrol cars. It's part of the built into the budget. It is going to be a hit for them if you can. Yes, it's going to be a huge hit. Yeah, But, but um, civil asset forfeiture has some real, uh, you know, uh, talk about people taking your property, you know, I, yes. I would, I would think there would be, liberties. yes, Pro- indeed. Personal property rights. Of course, the 14th Amendment is just, I mean, uh, when I first got into that, it was just really surprising. I didn't believe it when I had a couple of constituents tell me about it, but the more I looked into it, investigated, I learned something because I didn't mm-hmm. think you could do that in America or in Kansas. I just thought that was just, I mean, that's things very unconstitutional. So, you know, we are, we have made some progress there, but there's a lot of work to be done on that. In addition to exploring medical and recreational marijuana in Kansas, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that we can do, but law enforcement, you know, they're our biggest opponent when it comes to civil asset forfeiture and medical marijuana. You know, the list just goes on and on and on because it does impact their budgets. As a matter of fact, when I was on the public safety committee at the time, the uh, chairman of the, what do you call it, the the colonel of the highway patrol, he came to one of our our meetings and asked if we would increase his budget by $300,000 a year. And that's the the highway colonel before the one we presently have. Mm -hmm. And he said because he fears that uh, it's going to be more civil asset forfeiture laws coming into place and it's going to impact their budget and it would impact them. He says specifically $300,000 a year. And he would prefer that he add that out of his budget without having to depend on civil asset forfeitures for the highway patrol. So I I have to respect the man for that. At least he was open and honest about it. Senator Haley, one of the issues 
in that I think about for Kansas is, you know, Colorado is recreationally legal for marijuana and people go to from Kansas, come back into Kansas and they can go to prison for something they just walked into a retail store and purchased. And that is in part because the federal law makes marijuana a uh, schedule one drug with no, no health benefits whatsoever. And uh, so it'd be nice if the federal government Congress passed a law that just wiped it, rechanged re- that. Uh, but, but can you speak to this, this difficulty that Kansans might end up with if we're surrounded by medicinal marijuana states and what that means for people living in Kansas city, like yourself, it's, you could drive, you know, five blocks and do something legally drive home and, and get arrested. And normally it's called comedy in the law. C O M I T Y comedy is a respect. Also C O M E D Y. Right. Yeah, yeah. If it weren't if it weren't so sad, it would be C O M E D Y. But but it it really is because there's so many real life cases that I'm hearing about. I know one out of Meade County that a young man was pulled over who legally possessed. He was from some near St. Louis who had marijuana, and they wanted him to post a $1,200 bond. And his family contacted me, and he and and he was just going through it. He was headed to, um, I think, Nevada. Anyway, he was just passing through. And comedy, C-O-M-I-T-Y, would prescribe that the laws of one state are respected by the laws of another. They're anxious to do this, for example, when it comes to concealed carry of a weapon. We uh, want comedy to be accorded for our law on concealed carry in Kansas to be afforded if one of our concealed carry Uh, residents in Kansas is in Colorado or Missouri or what have you. But driving through Kansas with uh, or in possession, legal possession of marijuana has led to an array of uh, very uh, sad uh, and 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 just ridiculous situations because as uh, Gail, as uh, Representative Finney was just talking about, Part of this goes to their ability to look at speed traps. The speed traps used to be in small towns. Well, if we suspect that somebody with an out-of-state or out-of-county even license tag may have um, or may be possessing, then we'll pull them over and can put in place an array of uh, fines and maybe even seizures of their property for something they legally could do. Uh, right. General Schmidt is off base. He is. It is a. It is a near uh, corrupt practice to not afford respect and to steal people's property for something they're legally doing simply because they happen to have a presence in Kansas. I want to ask you both about an ACLU report from 2018 that indicated. Blacks in Kansas are nearly five times as likely to be arrested for marijuana possession than white folks. Oh, of course. <laughs> That's why you have two African-American legislators on here today, because we're more uh, experienced at this. <laughs> right here this, particular issue, <laughs> this particular issue, I'm sure you are. Um, yes. But you were invited just because of your general knowledge of medical Oh, I know. I'm just joking medical with you. Marijuana. Yeah. For those who can't can't see us in the podcast, right? Yeah. Legislators of color. Right. We are a black black senator. So so you know what I'm talking about here, driving while black and the consequences of that. Walking while black, sleeping while black, you name it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So what's, if, if if we legalized it, 
that would actually be a pretty quick fix if we went all the way to recreational. It would be a quick fix for this problem, this particular element of it, right? Well, my concern, if I might, is the gateway to a system the, um, the, that law enforcement puts many people in who would nev never be guilty of anything. You know, and, and there's having some debate um, between the, the Kansas Sentencing Commission, uh, which I said we've had a two-day uh, discussion about that just, just this week. And certainly, uh, Representative Finney and I are also on the Criminal Justice Reform Commission, and we call it the low-hanging fruit, that is, decriminalizing um, the possession charges for uh, any nonviolent offender of, you know, of, of, of marijuana. And it's just, it's ridiculous how we clog or how law enforcement has clogged the system with normally or disproportionately people who are black and brown, black, brown, or broke. Those are the three that are uh, most prosecuted uh, or disproportionately so for these crimes and, and uh, the so-called crime of possession of marijuana. And so it would have a tremendous impact or change, certainly in the community that I represent in Wyandotte County or Kansas City, Kansas, and certainly throughout the state for those who find themselves black, brown, or broke. Mm -hmm. There's a, an, a sort of a related issue you, uh, Representative Finney, you mentioned asset forfeiture. Another piece of it is this thing called the marijuana tax stamp. So if you have marijuana and you have it illegally, you're supposed to go to the Kansas Department of Revenue and buy, it a, buy a little tax stamp. Now, if you get caught with your, your weed, then they, it's just a, an added penalty, financial penalty. And I've always thought that just smacked of being convicted of the same crime twice just by a different name. Yeah, uh, much more expensive. I've, I've run into people that have had that problem. They had a small amount of marijuana that they said that they were accused of distributing with swoon, just like was just had it on, on them. Mm -hmm. And you end up, that fee is so substantial in some cases, it makes it very difficult to pay. So that is a penalty, a severe penalty. Uh, but what do you do? You have to pay it. One time I went to the revenue department window where people pay their taxes and said, I'm here to buy a marijuana tax stamp. And there was a bunch of scurrying behind the bulletproof glass. Yeah. And the only ones they could find was a roll of $100 tax stamps. And I said, oh, no, no, I don't need a $100 one. I don't have that much marijuana. I need a $10 <laughs> one. And they couldn't find it. And so I, I left. Uh, I left. And there, the whole everybody behind me was just frozen, like watching this guy go by of tax stamp. Uh, but they called me before I got back to the office and said they had found some somewhere in the Department of Revenue building. So it just kind of shows you it's kind of a bogus thing if if it's yeah. not if it's not something readily available. Uh, we got about five minutes left, and I wondered if you would both take a crack at as we close out here as to how you see the 2021 session going in terms of these marijuana issues. I, I had a sense that there was going to be some movement in 2020, but the session got cut short because of COVID. Oh, I see several marrow, uh, medical marijuana and recreational bills coming forward. I'd be surprised if they didn't come forward. You have this, you know, this, quite a few legislators now are on board with getting something done in Kansas. So I know myself, probably David, I could think of a couple more, two or three more legislators and who knows what this new crop of legislators are going to bring. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll bring a little more modern modernization to our legislature and a little more optimistic of trying to make some change in Kansas. But I see, I see some movement 
I don't know about how much, but I do think we're going to have some positive movements next year. Yeah, even if it's uh, a baby steps, you know, some yeah. of these policy changes require years of work. Senator Haley, what do you, what do you think from your side of the, the Capitol Rotunda? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I, I concur with what uh, Representative Finney just said. I mean, the movement is coming. These are baby steps. Uh, this is a, a process. It's a very sad process that has taken so long. But again, as more and more people across the country have access and as more and more legislators get exposed to the benefit and there's no downside to it uh, that anyone's been able to point out in those states and the District of Columbia, as that continues to increase, we're, we're bound to do it. Let me remind you and remind our listeners, we were one of the last states to do away with alcohol, the prohibition of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, we even had an attorney general that would not allow planes to fly over Kansas airspace if they served alcohol. And it's so sad that what we laugh at now is how ridiculous it is to have prohibition where the rest of the country, indeed the world, realizes there's no uh, there's no ill effect or that the benefits far outweigh the very minuscule detrimental effects. Here we are again, uh, the last ones to get on board and who these people are who are legislators or who are the ones who are driving them that are, are really the bane of a productive, progressive Kansas. And I hope that uh, they continue to diminish in their, uh, in their opposition and that we do get a bill passed this year or in 2021. Yeah. I'd like to add something, yes. if you don't mind. Sure, sure, go ahead. One of the things, too, uh, I'm sure Senator Haley, like myself, we get those questions and emails all the time. What is it going to legalize marijuana or even consider recreational marijuana? It's very important, particularly with this being election time. You have to question the candidates that are running and find out what their positions are ahead of time. Educate yourself and then make sure you show up at the polls and support people that are willing to move progressively in Kansas and someone that supports your issues. But it's going to take the constituents in contact, communicating with their legislators and potential candidates for those positions to let them know that they want change in Kansas. And that's the best way to do it. Get to the polls and educate yourself on the policymakers. Right here, here. I think uh, getting people to go out and vote is, uh, is a call to action everybody can uh, abide by. Well, uh, Representative Gail Finney and Senator David Haley, I want to thank you both for joining us and helping us learn a little bit more about this issue. Thank, thank you, Jim. Thank Thank you. you. Have a nice day, you too. You can find other episodes of the Kansas Reflector podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, or at kansasreflector.com. Thanks for listening.